Welcome to Walking by Faith, where we believe that God is relevant to every aspect of our lives, and we want to help you live a life that is both authentic and on fire for Jesus. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on our app. For more content, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to like and subscribe. Today we have Mike Signorelli from V1 Church in New York City. He's bringing a message on the parable of the 10 virgins with oil in their lamps and how this relates to Jesus coming again. Should we only be ready for the return or are we ready for what Jesus is calling us to do next in our lives? Are we pressing into the Holy Spirit with all of ourselves? Let's get started with today's message, Under the Influence. We're gonna talk about what's next because I believe that if you can't tell, there is a palpable hunger and a desire. And see, whenever there's a desire, how many of you know that Satan will come and pervert it and distort it and actually try to fulfill it unrighteously? Wasn't it the devil that actually brought Jesus to the mountaintop and said, hey, I can give you all this? And so what happens in times like this is the enemy starts to mount his attack. And he says, how can I give people something that seems like it's the real thing, but it's actually a counterfeit? But see, this is the good news, because whenever the enemy's offering counterfeits, oh, come on, somebody, whenever there is the prophets of Baal, there is going to be an Elijah who says, let's call down fire and see whose God answers. And I'm here to call down fire tonight because God is still answering. And if you're a prophet of Baal, I'm sorry. You got time to repent before the service is over. <laughs> Whenever there's the fake, God's going to be doing the real thing. And so there's got to be this urgency on the inside of you. And I want, to, I want to stir that urgency. As a matter of fact, the entire book of 2 Peter is about the urgency. And no, I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tonight, although that would be awesome. <laughs> All the single people said, no, 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 no. I rebuked that. Not tonight. <laughs> but what I am saying is that there has to be this urgency, and I'm here as an irritator and an agitator tonight. I'm here to stir you up. I'm here to fan the flame. Some of you, you just have the smoke coming off of the embers of a revival that happened in your life in 2012, and I'm here to breathe on those embers and see if I can get it to reignite. Some of you have been in such a dry season. And I'm here to just, come on, ignite something in you. But there's got to be an urgency. Let me just tell you, I live in New York City, and I hate moving. I hate moving. Moving triggers me. All the trauma in my past, we had to move all the time. And so my wife will tell you, um, I don't like to move. But I remember uh, one day I was in prayer, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Mike, you have to move apartments now. You have to move now. So I go to my wife, Julie, and I said, Julie, we have to move. And Julie's like, what? You never talk like that. And I said, yeah, but there's something stirring in me. I feel like we have to move. And so uh, we were on this trip actually to Jamaica to do a mass deliverance. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of demons in Jamaica. That's a whole other story. They have some rare breed of uh, witchcraft called Obia going down there. And so in the midst of our Jamaican trip, I'm hitting up all these people for apartments in New York City. And finally, I get an apartment. We move. I kid you not, the day after we move, our previous apartment goes up in flames and completely burns down. Now, this is a building, and the only apartment that completely burned down was ours. Somebody say the word urgency. 
I'm so glad I listened. Heaven forbid my children overwhelmed with smoke inhalation don't make it out of the apartment. Heaven forbid I didn't listen to the message of the Holy Spirit for urgency. It was for the saving of not just my life, but my family as well. So I'm here to tell you, warning, it's time to move. It's time to move from mediocrity into the destiny that God has for you. It's time to move from criticism and carnality into the spiritual supernatural dimension. It's time to move from a religious spirit and the traditions of men into what God has called you to do. It's here. To, it's time to move. Somebody shout, it's time to move. Yes. The Bible says that Abraham and Sarah went into another direction. They went into a land that they knew not because they were people of faith. They knew when it was time to move. And if, listen, I love what God did a few years ago. I love what he did 10 years ago. But God is doing something new right now. And he chose you. That's why you look at the generals of old that are passing, and yet you're still here. There's a baton that is supposed to actually slip into your hand if you'll embrace it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the harvest is vast, but the laborers are few. I remember, you know how I got into full-time ministry? I read that verse, closed my Bible, and said, God, if this verse is true, in any other industry, if there's more work than workers, the workers who do sign up get overtime. Some blue-collar people know what I'm talking about. I said, God, I, if this is true, that the harvest is vast, but the laborers are few, sign me up for overtime. And within the year, I was in full-time ministry. Now, some of you have to be full-time entrepreneurs. Some of you, the ministry is the classroom where you're a teacher. Some of you, the ministry is your home as you're stewarding your children's life. I don't know what it is, but all I know is there is an urgency to move into what God has called you to. You know, I was looking at some numbers recently. Less than half of American adults pray daily, and church membership continues to decline and as a matter of fact, the ranks of the religiously unaffiliated are increasing. So you have a decrease of people who identify as Christians and an increase of people who don't. And actually what happens is it says that uh, according to the National Public Opinion Reference Survey, survey this is Pew Research Center, 45% of U.S. adults say that they pray daily compared to almost 60% who said the same thing in 2007. That is a 20% decrease in the U.S. adults that say that they pray. People have stopped praying. And I don't think it's strange that anxiety is increasing as prayer is decreasing. I don't. Oh, come on, I wish somebody heard me preaching on this Sunday night. I don't think it's strange that depression and suicide is increasing as prayer is decreasing. Come on, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will seek my face, and will pray, I will hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. It is time for a prayer movement in America. We've got good preaching. You can go on YouTube and watch a catalog to life, last a lifetime. But we need to pray. We need to pray. Oh, I feel God all over this one. Even though Christians are still the largest religious group in the U.S., they now only make up 63% of the adult population. In 2007, it was almost 80%. Something is changing, but there's a remnant 
There's a group of people who said, you know, when, he's, when, when, he, when, he, when Jesus looked at his followers and said, are you going to leave too? And they said, where else are we going to go? There's, there's a group of people who are saying, yes, I know churches have failed. I know pastors and leaders have failed. I know that it's not always pretty, but where else am I going to go? I've had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and I know the truth, and I'm going to stay committed to the bride. I'm going to stay committed to the bridegroom. There is a remnant rising. Some would call it Gideon's army. It may look like the church is shrinking. Maybe we're shrinking down to the real ones right now. (laughs) Maybe we're shrinking down to the real ones who know how to pray. Some of you come from a lineage of people who knew how to pray. I want to read this passage from Matthew chapter 25, and we're gonna look at just about 12 verses. Now, these are very common scriptures, and this is a very common story, but I'm gonna give you a fresh revelation, and no, we are not gonna get into the eschatological. So this is not a sermon about the end of the age, but this is a sermon about urgency. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins. Matthew 25 which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were fools. Fools. (laughs) Yeah, the Bible calls them fools. And they were foolish that took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, somebody say at midnight. Come on, this says, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. Somebody look at their neighbor next to him and say, get your own oil. Come on, look at the neighbor on the other side that you ignored just now and say, get your own oil too. (laughs) Time is up for borrowing other people's oil. (laughs) Some of you came here hoping you can get my oil. Get your own oil. You got to learn how to get your own oil. We got Christians that want to subscribe to channels and they want to scroll and get 59 second sermons to steal somebody else's oil. But somebody here is going to learn how to buy your own oil. Oh, you know what's better than getting my oil? Learning how to buy your own. Oh, some of the saints in the house know what I'm talking about, but I may be preaching too deep for some folks. There's five virgins that are wise and five that are fools. The question in this era is, are you wise or are you a fool? Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit. But the wise answer is saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with them to the marriage, and the door was shut. It was midnight when this happened. It was midnight. Things are growing darker in the earth right now. 
I mean, it's, it's increasing in the earth. You can feel it. I couldn't even see the sun in New York City a couple days ago. Apparently, it was Canadian wildfires. At least that's what the news says. We don't know. But we, what we do know is things are getting darker, and it's increasing. I mean, you're, every single one of your children have these digital portals that open up. Literally, the bowels of hell gives them access to stuff. I don't know if you guys remember, because I'm kind of old school. Back in the day in the 90s, we had this place called Blockbuster, where you would actually go get physical cons- I like how some people are clapping more for Blockbuster than Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. <laughs> We had cassette, there was a physical medium and you had to go and then the section where you watch pornography had a curtain and you had to show an ID to walk past that curtain and if you walked past that curtain, you were a creep. And the weird people walked past that curtain and then they digitized the curtain and everybody walks past the curtain. And people tell me, why, why is everything a demon? Well, I don't think everything's a demon. I think we need to teach the church how to crucify the flesh. But I do think that in these times that we're living, a lot of what we are doing are opening up doors we didn't open up in the 90s. And so there's a need for freedom like never before. I know that in this room right now, there's drugs, paraphernalia. I know right now that there are vapes in this room because they're counterfeit comforts. And what happens is this, and this is the reason why there's cannabis on every block here in Michigan now, because people are seeking counterfeit comforts. And they're saying, how am I gonna make it through the day? I've removed God and I'm trying to replace with a counterfeit comfort. Isn't it strange that when Jesus foretold the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said, I will send you one, the comforter. And it's in these substances that many of you in this room that have them in your purse, have them in your pocket, are seeking comfort outside of the Holy Spirit. And see, what I love about the gospel is the gospel does not remove, the gospel removes and replaces. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach. See, religion removes. Religion says don't have sex. The religion says don't drink, don't smoke. And guess what? Relationship with Jesus Christ says righteously fulfill your sex life through the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman, and you will experience the blessing and the favor of God, and that will blow your mind. And you don't have to go past a digital curtain when the curtain was torn so that you could come into the Holy of Holies. Somebody shout. Amen. Somebody tonight's gonna get high with the most high. <laughs> the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. It's time to ascend up into the authority that he did. Isn't it funny that they want to get high? There's no high like being seated in heavenly places. Come on, Michigan. Am I agitating you yet? Am I irritating you enough? You should be waging an outright war against this stuff. Matter of fact, the Lord told me I was in prayer and he said, Mike, you are gonna help them protect the legacies that I've used to build in their life. Because many of you have devoted your life to building godly heritages and the enemy is not gonna rob you and your children and your children's children of the godly heritage that you have said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
When the spirit of death passed by, you're going to have to acknowledge the blood of the lamb and keep on walking, devil. Not this house. There's five wise and there's five unwise. And I want to break this down again. We're not talking about the eschatological. When it talks about the door being shut, we don't know if that's tonight or we don't know if that's 20 years from now. But the point of this parable is to help you to understand the importance of buying oil. And the reason why I'm here to preach this message is because the difference between the wise and the unwise was only how much oil they had. So they all had lampstands. They all had oil. But these had more oil. See, the difference is in how much you have now. Oh, I'm going there tonight because we're going to learn how to buy oil as a church tonight. They all had worship songs. We, oh, we all love Elevation Worship. We all love Hillsong. We sang it. We all love Bethel. Oh, yeah, we love Bethel too. High five. The only difference is the wise have more oil. We don't have different songs. We don't have better songs. We got the same songs, but there's somebody worshiping and there's more oil. See, this, we have to learn how to buy oil in this time. Afterward, they came, the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the, the Son of Man comes. And all lamps had oil, but some had more. Tonight, we are going to get more oil. More oil. More oil. More oil. More oil. See, there, there's this, matter of fact, five and five is ten. Minyan and ten was the minimum number of people to constitute a congregation in the, these Jewish first century times. And so I don't know for sure whether or not he was talking about the church, but I think it's pretty plain to see that this is a message not to the world, but to the church. I had a feeling that the church was going to show up tonight for Sunday night service. And my message to the church is we have to be wise in this hour to learn how to buy more oil. Okay, can I go a little bit deeper? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, who? Remember, religion tells you what not to do. But see, God is not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to replace. So it says, no, no, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Wait a minute, Pastor Mike. Be filled with the Spirit. I thought upon the moment of salvation, our spirit is regenerated, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit. So how could we have more of something that we already have? Did you ever think about this scripture? Oh, all the, all the former alcoholics know exactly how this works. Oh, you, you take a drink, and there's having some alcohol. Then there's having more alcohol. Then there's having more alcohol. See, there's something about when people get physically drunk on alcohol, they understand the concept of you could be drunk, and then you could be real drunk. 
And so I say some of you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as a result of salvation, but what you need is more of the Holy Spirit. That's why John said, I decrease so that you can increase. There's got to be a decrease that creates more capacity that say, Holy Spirit, I want to drink more. Is there somebody who wants to drink with me tonight? <laughs> oh, come on, Michigan. Don't act like you used to not party back in the day. This is the Holy Ghost party that never stopped. Is there somebody who wants to drink with me tonight? Let's show somebody what it's really about. How attractive is it to the world if they come in here and we're, woe is me. No, I want them to come up here and say, man, that's amazing. Let me leave the wine for the new wine of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Y'all don't believe me when I say I used to be introverted. Look what the Holy Ghost did to me. I used to be afraid of people. But I exchanged, remember it's an exchange. I had to exchange the fear of man for the fear of God. I don't preach because I stop being afraid of your faces. It's because I fear the one who called me more than I fear you. I don't care if you like me. I want him to know me and I'd rather care what he thinks of me because on judgment day, ain't none of you are gonna help me out. People say, how could you preach this bold in New York City? I'll tell you, because my judge is not the mayor of New York City. My judge is Jesus Christ, and I've got to be pleasing unto my Father. People telling me all the time, well, we got a new way of thinking. I'm like, your new way of thinking's got you severely depressed and in trouble. I think we need something old instead of something new, new. Something 2,000 years old. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. So watch this. There's a parallelism happening in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. This parallelism is helping to unlock what this scripture means. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. So what's the opposite of debauchery? Well, that's what happens when you get drunk on the Holy Spirit. So if, if you get drunk on wine and it destroys your life, being intoxicated by the Holy Spirit will build it up. Okay, I got to move on. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. Now this, I'm talking to all my cessationist brothers, all my, my, my struggling Baptists who are here like, Lord, what did I get? This guy just screamed, I'm scared. I'm talking to some of you who are like, man, I came in here a Presbyterian. I don't even know what I'm doing. I could get in trouble if somebody takes my picture here tonight. I'm keeping it real. My default mode is reading a book in a dark corner all by myself. So if you're weirded out by loud music and screaming, so am I. But you do some weird things when you're drunk under the Holy Ghost. And so um, this is the Apostle Paul. The same apostle, the cessationist quote. This is the Apostle Paul. Paul said... I'm just going to read it to you. Literally, this is what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank God, comma, I speak with tongues more than ye all. Some of you thought I was being Texan. Ye all. 
This is what it says. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So this is, so watch, watch. There's drinking alcohol, and then there's drinking so much you get drunk. There's being filled with the Spirit through salvation and then the indwelling, but then there's being filled with more of the Spirit. Now watch this. There is speaking in tongues, but then according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 18, there is, I thank God, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. I'm telling you, there's something. It messes me up to see the Holy Spirit in the wild. Without the pre-programming of Pentecostalism, guess what? It still happens. What do you say to that? There ain't nothing you can say except for sign me up. Because, see, when you speak in tongues, it builds you up. It strengthens you. See, I, I just... I'm here today to tell you that there is more, and this is how you buy oil. This is how you buy oil. See, now let me, I wanna make sure you understand I'm not being heretical right now. Salvation is free, not because it doesn't carry a cost, but because Jesus Christ paid the, the cost in full. So you cannot earn salvation, you simply receive it. It's the gift of salvation. Salvation is free. I mean, right now, in a few moments, I believe there's many people here that are having an, an acknowledgement and awareness that they are not Christians, that they're not saved. Maybe you just said the sinner's prayer one time and you didn't even know what you were doing and it wasn't even real to you. I believe in a few moments we're gonna watch people get saved, which is the greatest miracle that could happen in this room. I watch grown men from the bottom all the way to the top of the balcony waving their hands to me saying, I wanna be saved this morning and I believe there's more here tonight. And that's free. You can't earn it. That's why tonight's part two of what I preached this morning. But see, oil will cost you. And how much oil you have is dependent on how much oil you buy. I'm not talking about with money. I'm talking about with diligence, with faithfulness, with tenacity, with pushing and pressing in. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It's just about awakening that warrior on the inside of you and saying, I'm going to pray. Business people need to begin to pray. Come on, entrepreneurs, pray like never before that God gives you the blueprints to architect businesses that shift and change this atmosphere. Oh, we don't need to go into cannabis business because Christ can release something from the storehouse of heaven and generational wealth can be birthed out from the blueprints of entrepreneurship. We need artists that begin. Come on, I was just recently in a movie. I'm making a movie that's going to actually be across all the theaters in America at the end of October called the Domino Revival. And I went all the way to Hollywood and talked to people who are not Christians, but money talks. And they said, oh, these Christian movies are making a lot of money. I said, yes, let's make another one. Don't you love it when you can get the devil working for you? <laughs> Revelation chapter three. Verse 17 through 19 says, because you say, I am rich and have increased with just physical goods and have need of nothing, knowing that you're, you're not, you don't even know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor and you're blind and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich with white raiment. And it says that you would be clothed for the shame of your nakedness, that it wouldn't appear. 
And it says in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be very zealous, therefore, and repent. And what I think is so interesting about this is that the riches and the wealth of God increase but add no sorrow. But then there's another kind where people go and they build their own life. Oh, I finally have the house of my dreams. I finally have the car of my dreams. Oh, look what we have. And they go on this journey of building. And what happens in Revelation chapter three is it says there are people that have increased in goods, but they don't even know that they're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And see, the prescription that's given to them, think about what I'm about to say. The book of Revelation lays it out so clear. It says, I counsel you, buy of me gold tried in fire. You see that language again, buy of me gold. So when we started in the book of Matthew, it says what? It says, bring more oil to make it through the darkest night. Because there are going to be some unwise, foolish virgins that don't make it through the night because they didn't bring enough oil. And then in the book of Revelation, it says again, I counsel you, buy of me gold tried in the fire. You know, we talk about the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's God speaking to you and to me. It's the will of God, and it is absolute truth. And we say the Bible has got the, gr the great answers to life's questions, and, and it is true. But the Bible also has the greatest questions. Let me give you a couple of them. The Bible says, what is your life? Think about that. What's your life? Somebody would say, well, my life's my family. Somebody would say, my life's a wreck. Somebody else might say, my life's my job. Somebody else would have the answer, well, my life's going nowhere. My life is, is my spouse, my kids. But the Bible answers the question. And the Bible says, what's your life? It's but a vapor. It's here for a moment and it's gone. You know, in the North Country where we live, it's cold in the winter. And you go outside and you breathe and you see your breath. And in two or three seconds, it's gone. And the Bible says, that's what your life is like. In light of eternity, your life is just like a vapor that's here and it's gone. Another question from the Bible, what will the end be? Someday your body will wear out and die. And when that happens, what is the end going to be? Well, the, the Bible says it is a multiple choice, but it's only two choices. It's A, I'm going to spend eternity with God in fellowship with him in a place we call heaven, or I'm going to spend eternity separated from God in a place of torment that's called hell. A third question, a jailer comes to a man named Paul and says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And Paul answers that question and says that you need to believe on and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, there is no other Savior. There's no good works I can do. I can't pray enough or give enough or fast enough. Nothing that I can do can make me right with God. But Jesus came, died on a cross, shed his blood and paid for your and my sins. And the Bible says to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. So I wanna pray with you and I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. And if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're gonna be right with God. So I want you to repeat this, make this, these words your own, say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again, victorious over death 
over sin and over the devil. And I give Jesus all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive Jesus as my savior, as my king, and I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. I'm forgiven. I'm a part of your family, a part of your kingdom now, today and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you're right with God. Now, I've written a book to help you keep on growing spiritually. I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. And all the information is right there on your screen. Thank you so much for being with us and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, congratulations, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. Just like Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv where you can have a copy mailed to you. Download it instantly or check out our audiobook. You can find all of these things on our app. This free book is a great resource as it's full of practical advice and encouragement to help you live a life of faith. Claim your free copy today. Walking by Faith is changing lives and we want you to be a part of it. Your gift will help us continue to produce inspiring content that encourages people to change the way they think and empowers them to use their voice. When you sow into God's kingdom, he will pour out his blessing upon you, just like it says in Malachi 3.10. There are three easy ways to give. Text WBF GIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give or click on the giving icon in our app. Thank you for your support. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit since you believed, please contact our prayer center. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. And for more information on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, visit walkingbyfaith.tv. Thanks for watching. We'd love to get to know you better. By scanning this QR code, you can download our app, send us a prayer request, read our weekly devotional, and so much more. To rewatch today's episode with closed captions, you can now find us on Rumble. We pray that the Lord will fill your lamps with oil and help you live a life pleasing to Him. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.